For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Honor the Wayne Helmet. I'm Kyle Simmons, and I'm joined by former Michigan and NFL offensive lineman Thomas Grimes and a host of the ASAP Elite Podcast, Rob Penn. What up, dude? This week's episode is sponsored by Jabs Gym. Learn the fundamentals of boxing through high-intensity strength and cardio workouts with locations in Metro Detroit, the Eastern Market, Ferndale, and Birmingham. We would also like to thank Juke. You can purchase their gear at jukefootball.com. Last night, the number one Wolverines defeated number four Alabama 27-20 in overtime at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. J.J. McCarthy went 17-27 for 221 yards and three touchdowns. Blake Crum had 19 carries for 83 yards and a touchdown, and Roman Wilson had four catches for 73 yards and a touchdown. The Wolverines' defense stepped up big with seven sacks, including five in the first half, and they kept Alabama quarterback Jalen Milrow in check. The win gives the Wolverines their first win in a college football playoff and a trip to Houston to play for the national title. In my opinion, the Wolverines dominated the Crimson Tide pretty much the whole game, with the exception of special teams play. But we'll start with Thomas. What are your thoughts on the win versus Alabama? Uh, obviously, huge win. You know, we kind of got that that monkey off our back, the proverbial monkey, if you will, reference um, first round of the playoffs. What I love about what took place in, in the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, I feel that it was most befitting the Michigan Wolverines to play this game in that bowl game. Leaders and best champions of the West. Um, us being able to go back out to the Rose Bowl and come out with a huge W over a highly uh, touted Alabama team, a Nick Saban coach Alabama team, perennial SEC powerhouse. All of the things that were in the making for it to kind of, you know, and I think not only just myself, but there were a lot of other learning individuals that thought that this game was going to be, how would I put it? Not just a hard fought game, but it was going to have to be one of those games where the Wolverines came out hitting on all cylinders in order to to pull this one out. Go back to defense. You spoke about the defense. Um, Coach Mentor, defensive coordinator, came out with a great game plan. I've been saying it time and time again, especially after watching that Georgia game. The key for our defense to be successful against this Bama offensive line, they were going to have to make those big boys move. I believe they had at least three offensive linemen that were at least 350. You got a true freshman playing at the left tackle spot. Make them move. Make them think. Make them see uh, some exotic looks. Get them guessing where is the blitz coming from. Make their communication muddled. Make the things that are taking place up front unclear. And you saw that starting to pay dividends. Obviously, we had five sacks within the first quarter. But I think also, too, based off the, the play, especially of, of, of our, our nose guard, the center started to get, as we like to say, a little bit shook. When you start to see him short snapping the ball, 
We had yeah. so much movement, slants, and looping and twists that were taking place. A, B gap blitzers, I don't think they were really comfortable as far as understanding their assignments and then knowing where the pressure was coming from and where to slide, slide the protection to. I believe that caused some frustration between their quarterback, Milrow. There was a couple of times they caught it on camera where Mill was just kind of like looking at his own line, you know, like, you know, what the hell? But the yeah. other piece to that as well is that we kept him in check from the standpoint, keeping him within the pocket. I thought we did a relatively good job of setting hard edges and keeping him um, in, in, in the pocket, not letting him use his athleticism to escape to the perimeter and get huge yardage. He got some plays in there. But overall, I believe we did a really good job as far as keeping him in check. Offensively, once we got going, I thought our offensive line did a really good job. I was surprised that Bama didn't bring as many run blitzes as they did against Georgia. Based off that Georgia game alone was one of the reasons why I felt like up front we were going to have some issues um, in this particular game. With how our boys came out and played, we played inspired football, we played smart football, didn't have, I think we made, what, two penalties in the game. Roman Wilson had a big, big penalty, but it didn't really affect us because we still had the first down. And we also had a roughing the passer. It wasn't a, it was an unnecessary roughness with uh, our fullback that mm -hmm. basically drove the, the linebacker to football hell. So <laughs> that all being said, I'm just, you know, again, ladies and gentlemen, it's football. We played a really disciplined game. You spoke about special teams, and we'll delve delve into that a little bit later. But overall, the game plan was in check, and, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. My only um, detractor, if you will, especially defensively, I felt like we got off the gas in the third quarter, and we tried to play a little bit more base instead of continuing what we did in the first half. Um, was really expecting to see some greater adjustments made by – by Bama, but overall, I think our coaches did a fantastic job. We came in with a great game plan, and you really saw our boys not just think and not just go out here and play. These kids really believe. Sometimes you'll watch teams play, and they'll say all the right things just because they are the right things to say, but based off of our body language, based off of our level of play and the intensity that we played with, you can really tell our kids really did believe that by hook or by crook, we were going to make this happen and come out with this W. And I think that's going to be the biggest selling point, which is what is going to win us the chip. And I'm calling it right now is that I think that we have the best overall team, not from the standpoint of athleticism, but just from the standpoint of the unselfishness that these kids played with wanting to win for each other, not just for self. Now, Ron, what's your take on last night's win in the Rose Bowl? Well, first of all, I want to go back <clears throat> and uh, and really illustrate the feeling that I had watching that game from beginning to end. You know, it took <laughs> me back to, you know, Inkster, Michigan in the 80s, you know, uh, with my grandfather, you know, uh, and, and hearing welcome to the granddaddy of them all. You know, it, it really touched me into it. Have us finally come out. And completely like like coach said, continue to climb that apex, you know, getting hit in the mouth, you know, uh, adjusting to the unexpected, then coming out on top. Man, this is why I got this tattoo on my arm. You know what I'm saying? This is why I bleed amazing blue. This is why my whole household 
understands that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this is real. Uh, first of all, but it was a tale of two halves. We didn't dominate that whole game, like you said, first of all. You know, they came out and they made the necessary adjustments in that second half. Just so happened they weren't able to sustain that when it came down to putting their hands in the game of the defense. That's where our power and that's where our advantage really was on display. You know, uh, it, it, it kind of had me worried because they could run. Like I said, I brought it up to you earlier. That, that McClellan, man, he's special. You know, that uh, that running back at Alabama and what he did to my brother Sam Rastill in that whole one-on-one and he gave him a uh-uh and bust for that 15-yard uh, touchdown. Yeah, man, I was kind of worried then. I can't lie. But we, the, the, like I said, the, the defense showed why this is le- like why this is a legendary team. I'm also on record this season saying that this may be the best team in the history of the program. You get what I'm saying? I'm, I'm also I also said that about this defense, legendary. You know, uh, I want to tip our hat. We uh, fought all the way through. You know, we didn't give up and we won the game. You know, tenderizing ribs with three yards in the cloud of dust. You know what I'm saying? So that's about it, man. You know, Thomas uh, is one of the, everything. And one of the things that I also want to touch on, and Robbie, you touched on it as well. <clears throat> Based off all the adversity that these young men, these young men have had to traverse all year, mm-hmm. um, I believe that the things that we went through from the beginning of the season not just with the team, but also with the coaching staff as a whole, has yeah. has had a galvanizing effect if everybody down in Schembecker Hall. When you just take away the game itself, but when you watch the body language, when you listen to these kids talk, when you see the true joy that these guys have just about just in reference to being around each other, when you said the greatest team in Michigan history, Again, I'm not seeing it from an athleticism standpoint, right. but I'm mm-hmm. saying as a unit, yeah. this is really that that um, that X factor that has, in my opinion, separated this team from every other team that has come through at Michigan. Obviously, the the cherry on the Sunday is us winning the chip next Monday, going out against a very talented Washington Huskies team. Also, again, from a historical aspect, because, again, I thought that based off of the Pac-12 basically being dissolved, us being in the hunt and Washington being there, what better Rose Bowl to have would be mm-hmm. to to pit Michigan Wolverines, you know, Big Ten school, Washington Pac-10 slash Pac-12 school in that Rose Bowl where historically where these two conferences would meet. I thought that would have been a more – um, fitting way to to end at least this particular chapter of the book, so to speak. But when it's all said and done, Big Ten, Pac-12, for, for all the marbles. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What are going to be some of our key components in order to really, as we like to say, finish the job, finish this journey? I really think 
that it's going to be us being able to, I don't want to say stop, but contain Penix. Going back, watching some of that game film against Texas, I feel like that our defensive line can get to him. Now, there's a difference between getting to him and getting him down. I almost feel like Penix is a little bit more elusive than Melro. Um, I definitely feel like Penix has a much better arm. And when you look oh, at yeah. the receivers that he has to work with, no skill positions from the wideouts to their tight ends, they definitely have some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Now, that being said, Washington has won the Joe Moore Award this year, top offensive line in the country. They just had their trophy delivered to them this week, I believe. His, well, at least within the last two years, especially with us having won it the last two years, yeah. almost winning that award has, has kind of sort of been, you know, kind of a bad luck piece for the team, whoever has won it. So hopefully we can keep that tradition going. But I firmly believe that our defensive front seven is going to be able to get to that young man. It's just all about us making sure that we're getting sure tackles. We have the opportunity to touch him, to get him on the ground. Mm-hmm. And secondly, um, on the back end, on the second half, I think one of the best stats that I saw was Will Johnson. I don't think they targeted whoever that receiver was that Will was being up more than twice that whole game. Basically, he was, you know, how they said, Rebus Island. We had Will Island during this last game. So Will needs to come out and have another great game. Rob, I want to touch touch base on uh, Sanders still in the hole with, with, the, with the missed tackle. What? <laughs> I felt bad for Mikey because they put him in such a bad position. That was reminiscent of when Donovan Edwards busted on O State at O State. It was damn near the same play, same side, gap Ooh. scheme play, come down, get the hook, yeah. get the get the linebacker sealed off, and the and the hole opened up like the one red on one. And it was one on one. But Mikey was at such a disadvantage. First of all, you have all that ground. To, to basically play in, but the running backs coming downhill while Mikey was was stationary. Yeah. Yes, should he have made the tackle, but I'm like, I don't know anybody in college football who is going to make that tackle in that particular play. So, you yeah. know, hats off to their running back, their offensive line, they did the damn thing, but son of a bitch, bro. I felt yeah. bad for young Mikey right there, but Mikey did have a really good game outside yeah, of that one play. Yeah, no. Let me uh, piggyback off that Washington team. First of all, that Roman Duzier is something special. But with Beast. the addition of the other three, yes. let's go five deep with uh, our uh, somebody that we know in Mr. Giles Jackson, you know, our transfer, you know. Right. <laughs> also, uh, another thing that I have to bring up is their running back. He got hurt last night in the last play of that crazy play. You know what I'm saying? The last mm-hmm. play to get Texas, that, another, that, that opportunity. So they're down. So they'll be uh, pretty much one-dimensional. But my third point being, this is not our first go-around with Mr. Pennick. Do you remember during the COVID season? From Indiana. Yeah, man. That was a damn good Indiana team. You right. know? Yeah, right. for real. And uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was 35-20. Indiana beat us. The last time they beat us, and the first time they beat us in a while. You know? And that's the team right. that every every year we play Indiana, that's what we speak about. about we, we speak about that team. You know, mm-hmm. how we need to make sneak up on us and things of that nature. But, yeah, um, it's going to be a contrast of styles, you know. We I just definitely play- feel like – Yeah, no, I mean, just to your point, I think obviously we're going to try to establish the run. Uh, the Huskies bring a very dynamic 
mm-hmm. defensive front seven, I don't really see them being bruisers, hey, but, real, but they're real, very athletic. Real quick, this is Ohio State with C.J. Stroud. Yes. To a T. Yes. In comparison. Yeah, yes. To a T. And now, comparison. at the same time, last year, they were missing – Ohio State was missing their number one uh, – the Travion uh, Johnson uh, at Ohio State last year. They were missing him when we played him also. Same type of thing. You know, right. it's going to be ten- real tenderization. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I firmly believe that mentor – has to come in with a similar, maybe not the same, but the the concepts, the 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 mindset of creating confusion up front for that offensive line. But not only just creating the confusion, our ability to keep Penix in the box, keep him contained, and to put bodies on him. The one thing that I saw with Melro, it was almost like he was gun shy about tucking it and running. And I'm just again there seemed to be some disconnect between him and his offensive line. It was almost like, I don't trust you guys. Um, slightly, I'm pissed off right now. And um, it's because of you guys, I'm not looking good. And I just kind of felt like in the body language and everything else that took place, there was some some internal finger pointing going yeah. on. And I think that kind of, you know, was was a big detractor to the overall continuity of that offense. After five sacks and nine hurries, in one half of football, you will be too. You know that. Oh, and now, like you hey. said, that threw off the line. Of, uh, boys start skipping the snap in the second half. Yeah. You know, man, yeah, they were flustered, man. And like I said, that's, we only got to them twice in the second half, but that was we had a lot of hurry, many hurries. You know, and yeah. he really chose some athleticism too. And a couple times he scooted out the pocket. You know, um, once they- But that was the other thing too that I want to talk about is the amount of holding that was taking place by the yes. Alabama offensive line. We were getting great pressure up the middle, and Grant and Mason. And I'm looking at the. I'm like, these kids are getting tackled, and it's right in front of the umpire. We get no laundry thrown. Yeah, bro. I don't want to say. I'll just say this: my faith in competent officiating is 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 slowly starting to dwindle. We can go back on the NFL side of things when you when you sit yeah. back and watch the Detroit <laughs> Cowboys yeah. game. And happened. just right, and some of the things yeah. in which I saw during this this past game, as far as their unwillingness to make some calls that were clear cut, mm-hmm. you go back to uh, Bredesen and the uh, the block that he had, our fullback had. Yeah, I'm like it wasn't like he jumped up and gave him a macho man Randy Savage elbow. He put the kid on the ground, and we've seen it time and time again. If you got a kid that gets put on the ground, but he's he's a yeah. hustle guy. Gets yeah. up and goes and goes and makes you lay on top of him. Yeah. Right. So Bredesen went in basically what we used to call it, he fatted him. Yeah. Didn't leave with the helmet, but again, gave him that extra umph, took him to football hell and call it a day. But yeah. when JJ basically gets slammed, there's yeah. no call. You know, there was several times within the game that I almost just felt like Bama was getting some home cooking by the officiating crew. Um luckily we took it upon ourselves not to leave it up into the hands of the referees. We went out there and balled and made the plays that we needed to make. But um, it's going to be something that's interesting to watch. And the reason why I bring that up is I firmly believe there's still this undercurrent of dissent and hate for the Wolverines. And not so much the boys themselves, but just the program as a whole, and in particular Coach Harbaugh. Um, 
there's still some people in my humble opinion, I don't have any inside information. This is just me as a learning individual with a learned eye. I still think there's some people in, in some pretty high positions that are definitely not happy to see the Wolverines in this position. And especially with Harbaugh winning, um, I go back to, I was watching some reports today with Paul Feinbaum, this guy, yeah. even in the way that he said Jimmy's name, he, you know, it's like he, he was giving us these underhanded sort of um, congratulatory statements, but he was still trying to sprinkle some salt in there at the same point in time. Bro, at the end of the day, the boys went out there, they shook up the world. There were a lot of detractors. And honestly, like I said, just based off of, of what I saw in the eye test, I always feel like we're going to win every game just because I bleed that maze and blue. But from a um, intellectual or analytical side of things, I definitely foresaw us having more trouble with, with Bama than what took place last night. And so this is one of those times where, you know, hey, I'm happily wrong. I was pleasantly surprised. And I definitely feel like based off of this performance, these kids are ready to go do something special. So I'm super excited for next week. Hey, uh, allow me to bring something up. Uh, I want to go back. Let me roll the tape to Arizona State versus Washington. I think it may be week eight. You know, um, Washington barely escaped out of that game 15 to 7. Mm-hmm. You know, we had Arizona State, that defense was swarming. You had freshmen like in CJ Fight, you know, just having Penix run for his life and they cannot get clicking. They haven't seen this type of defense since then. If they had that same trouble, we followed that game, same game plan, we might keep them under 10 points. And that's the other piece, too. I don't think anybody's seen this defense. Mm-mm. To my recollection, he. It's the amount of havoc and, and, and wreckage that Mentor was unleashing with, within that defensive scheme. I don't recall seeing that as consistently throughout a game this whole season. I don't know if that was something they were just kind of holding in the bag or based off of bowl preparation, well, some things in which they were able to cook up. Yeah. But like I said, I was when loving we up, When we're giving up seven, when we're averaging seven points a game, giving that up, you don't have to do anything exotic. You know what I'm saying? Right. We were just straight up bully ball. You know, and that's what we love. We, we Our knew ability to play base. Yep, yeah. But, it was it was beautiful, you know, the whole season. But when we went base in the third quarter, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. having some success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you yep, know, like yep, I said, they, those were the things that were giving me pause, not from a player perspective, but from a coaching standpoint. Why are we not, you know, we say press the gas. In that third quarter, you're supposed to put your foot through the floorboard. Yep, yep. They did, they did a beautiful job, though, man. And once I seen that this game came down to our defense, I knew we had it. And that's oh, the yeah. beautiful thing. You know, that's the beautiful thing. First of all, no one can run against us. You know, we know that. You know, uh, I was saying you got to be a uh, – you got to be a – I don't know how to say it. Uh, the only person to have success through the air was a – uh, two guys got a two Let's just say the Terps. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we don't get that again. You know, what I'm saying that can really have us on our heels if they follow if, if they follow that Maryland game plan. But now I did want to bring up the masterpiece that was uh, painted yesterday by Jim and his staff, especially on offense. 
when they came out in the second half and we got down and we went run, 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 trick play, run, run, pass. <laughs> it was beautiful. The sequences, you know what I'm saying? I kind of see them setting up everything to move the safety up in the box to get a single high to pop it over their head. Kind of like last year during the Ohio State game. You know, it right. didn't happen like that, but it was structured and strategized to follow the same concept. Everything set up the next play. Do you know what I'm saying? Or a sequence of plays. They were all set up together. And um, as an offensive coordinator, man, uh, it was beautiful to watch, man. And God, man, if that dude don't look like Bo Beckler, man, the, 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 the diet version. <laughs> no, I, what – I loved about it as well, and and again, that was a very astute assessment on your part. As we like to say in the tactical world, we use our pistol to get to our rifle, meaning that I may, you know, I'm chipping away at you. I'm chipping, I'm chipping, I'm chipping. But as soon as I'm able to get to to where I'm really trying to get to, then we can start taking the top off of things. Close close quarter combat, baby. Exactly, and I really love the way from the motion. So, and as I said before, I was looking to see more run blitzes out of them based off that Georgia game. And I think maybe that's something that Coach Moore, Coach Harbaugh saw. Well, how do we keep them from doing that to us to not have eight, nine guys in the box that's going to really try that was going to really try to suffocate our ability to run? We yeah. move these guys around. Yep. You know, have them seeing things that aren't really there. You spread them out and get that defensive side of the ball thinking as well. And so I think what, you know, I, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of the trickeration. Uh, obviously, we saw what happened with the flea, with the flea flicker. Uh, great play by their linebacker coming through the A-gap. Great job by uh, Blake just getting the ball back to uh, <laughs> JJ because that, that could have been a horrendous play right there. Um, yeah. Going back to the, uh, I don't even know what you call it, the, the – the, uh, Back, pass back to JJ. JJ yeah, makes yeah. an athletic play, one handing it with a defender in his face while falling backwards and still basically through a strike for yeah. a huge chunk play. So the exotics work on offense, or when they work, you know, everybody gets excited, but it's it's the cost benefit analysis. When you're really trying to do some things and you already got this momentum going, sometimes I'm like, dude, just stick. With, with the date that you brought to the dance. I, I disagree. I disagree as offense coordinator. Like I say, because they're adjusting. They're locking in. They're making plays. They're changing coverages according to what they just saw. So the right. whole thing is to get them, yeah, get them, get them and run pursuit, right? Yep. Get them to come up, right? We toss right, give them the flow right, right? Because they're already, their ears are already pent back, right? They're not okay. on their heels. This is how okay. you have to do it, bro. This is chess. They played chess. Him and Saban played chess all the way down to the all night. This was a this, hey, this this was a chess yeah. match all night. Hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. But you continue to talk about Bo Schembechler and those three yards in a cloud of dust. Coach Bo said he went yards in a cloud of dust because nothing good can happen when you put the ball in the air. I'm That's not saying line. that. I'm not <laughs> saying. I'm not saying that I hundred. With that methodology, like come on, right? This is this but, is the spread but, derivative. Uh, this is the spread derivative 
uh, what should I say, foundation of football here. You know, no, what I'm I can I, again. I'm same team, but let's just say, for instance, if those were two ugly plays, one of them worked to to our to our benefit. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is is that unless these things are perfectly blocked up, you either a you get an incomplete pass, b you get no yardage, c at worst you get a turnover. Mm-hmm. Hey, all I'm saying is this: while you're moving the ball, I rather you run a play action pass and throw it to the tight end, running a slant across the middle, than you're sitting over here trying to build some things up to run a trick play. So that's all I'm saying because you, you had you had too difference. many you had too many moving pieces in the backfield, yeah. bro. This is why this may not work this week, but it will work next week because last week. That was a legendary Alabama saving defense. That linebacker that read that flea flicker, that's a first mm-hmm. rounder. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's a first rounder, probably a 10 year pro in the league right there. The dude read it, reacted, blitzed it, blew it up completely. Washington doesn't have that. They're gonna they're gonna be susceptible to those. I guarantee it. And then we won't have trouble blocking that front line. Also, they're on record having the 117, 114th ranked. Passing defense. Well, based off of what I saw in last night's game, um, I'm hoping, and the reason why I say that I'm hoping, if we line up base and drop back and pass, their two defensive ends wreak havoc. They're athletic guys. They're motor guys. Um, can our guys, can our tackles stand up to it? Yes, I have confidence in that. But with that all being said, too, I was going back and watching some of the plays that are offensive line. And like I said, they're, I'm nitpicking right now, right? Because we had, a, in my opinion, a masterful performance. Mm-hmm. I'm nitpicking, and I 100% admit that up front in full transparency. With the speed rush, I still feel like our tackles, especially our left tackle, is susceptible to the up and under. And if we're not keeping that back end to help, or that back has to pick up somebody else because you're sending that blitzing backer. Yes, we are fortunate enough to have a quarterback like J.J. who is athletic enough to evade and still get the ball downfield. And that's one of the great things I love about J.J. Actually, with both of these quarterbacks, their ability to be on the move yet still looking downfield, directing traffic and delivering strikes. Now, that being said, I feel like Penix may have the advantage in that area and his ability to be on the run and throw darts. Um, JJ has is still showing me some inconsistencies when he does that. But he came in that way. All, all day. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about that forever. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. he has gotten better. Yeah, that'd be uh, hell, you know. <laughs> he has gotten better. But yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of one of the things in which I I'm gonna be looking for. But you know, again, I I, I feel like we are Definitely um, well-matched going with the Huskies right now. And just based off of our mindset from what I'm seeing and just talking to some people down at the building and other assistant coaches, like these guys are frothing at the mouth, chopping at the bit, ready to get after it because I really feel like they believe that they are a team of destiny right now. And the only way to really prove that, they got to go ahead and finish the mission. 
by hook or by crook, you got to come out with a W on Monday. And how fitting is it that we get the Washington Huskies? Everybody's familiar with each other. These ain't right. no new, this ain't no TCU. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like Georgia. No, we know we know each other. You know what I'm saying? And that's the beautiful thing about it, man. Uh, it, it, it carries on tradition, and it's an all Big Ten championship game. Basically, because you know, with the Pac-12, especially those four schools now coming over to the Big yep. Ten, yep. Um, definitely all setting Big the Ten. tone, setting the tone for next year. Yep. And also, I think this is going to have huge recruiting ramifications. Now, before we get out of here. I do want to talk about the uh, situation going on with Coach, uh, Coach Harbaugh. Uh, I mean, obviously, for several years now about this time, we always hear about him going to the NFL. But this year seems to be a little different. Um, so far, he has not signed an extension yet with the Wolverines. And last week, he hired agent Don Yee, who has deep ties to the NFL. So, um, Thomas, um, do you think he's going to come back this year? Well, next year, I should say, a especially if we win the Natty. What do you think? I mean, like I said, um, Jimmy's a lightning rod, and <clears throat> right, wrong, or indifferent, if Jimmy decides to leave based off the job that Coach Sharon Moore has done, I feel like the program is in good hands. Uh, as I alluded to earlier, definitely a historic moment for the um, historic program of Michigan football having our first black head coach is going to be huge. If Jimmy decides to leave and maybe head back out West, if not the Chicago bears, obviously he has West coast ties. Um, you know, there's, we have to understand the business side of the game, right? I don't know if there's ever really enough money to make a person stay in one particular spot when you already have made all the money, so to speak. So then it comes to, I've conquered this. I've won the national championship. I've gotten my alma mater back at in, in some sort of national conversation. What is my other goal professionally? I got to the Super Bowl, lost the Super Bowl. Do I have another, you know, couple of two, three years in me to, you know, maybe try to recreate that and, and knock that off the bucket list? I don't know. But I guess wanted to allude to, Either way it goes, I think that we are in a most advantageous position from a recruiting standpoint because of, A, we win. If Jimmy leaves, great, because I'm still able to go into those young men's rooms and talk to those parents. A, this is a coach that we got. Look at his track record. Look what he did this past season. The program's in good hands. If he stays, A, we're in good hands. We've navigated and went through, you know, all the shenanigans that's going on this past year, and we still came out on top, even with all the naysayers that and all the detractors that that people tried to, you know, throw in our way. So when it's, like I said, when it's all said and done, I think that we're in a good space with or without Coach Harbaugh. Um, I just hope that whatever he decides to do, especially once the game's over, it's not a drawn out situation, and we can move forward in whatever direction we need to go. Now, Rob, well, um, do you think Harbaugh's coaching his last game next week? Hell no. Uh, look, unlike the NFL, college football is based on tradition. You know, and these coaches live on forever in college football. You know, we're still talking about Bear Bryant. You know, even with Saban 
you know, into that conversation now moving into the next hundred years. You know, we're still talking about Bo. We're still talking about Woody Hayes. They'll be talking about Dabo, you know. They'll be also talking about Jim Harbaugh. You know what I'm saying? He's here. Like I mentioned earlier, he's the, he's Tim Beckler light, you know, diet. You know what I'm saying? He'll be here till he retires. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking forward to it. We have a long life ahead of us of Michigan football at its finest. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, this is now the house that Jim built. You know, you don't want to go and get forgotten about in Chicago or go to San Francisco and people start kneeling and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> there you go. You know, you forgot about what everything you did in San Francisco. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing about it. This is the not for long league, as they call it. You know, but here in Michigan, he'll be remembered forever. He was already in Michigan infamy as a quarterback. Now the coach, you know what I'm saying? No. He'll be here. Well, I'll end, it, I'll end it with this. Only time will tell. We got about a week, week and a half to go, and everybody will know how it plays out from there. But like I said, he I think we're in good hands. He will outlast our show. We got a show for the next 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing that he has done, and which I really feel like was one of his um, main goals, was getting out from under Coach Shanbecker's shadow. And I think yep. he's definitely started to pave his own path and his own lineage, so to speak, as far as Michigan football goes. So hats off to Coach Harbaugh. As uh, the song says, he did it his way. Uh, and, and who has it better than us? Nobody. <laughs> and that's all for this week's episode of Under the Wings Helmet. Thank you to our sponsors, Jabs Jim and Juke. Also be sure to check out Under the Wings Helmet merchandise at ASAPElite.com. Be sure to listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and the Believe Podcast Network. You can also watch us on ASAPElite.com, the ASAP Elite YouTube channel, and the Believe YouTube channel. For Thomas Gwines and Rob Penn, I'm Kyle Simmons. Go Blue! Hell yeah. Go Blue. (laughs) Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.